Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel. And if there is a notification bell icon, I'd like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing Um, the the Hebrews, um, the the Hebrews had rejected God, and you know continually decided that they just weren't going to do what He wanted them to do. And so, at the beginning of chapter nine, um, Paul is saying to us that he's very he has a great sorrow and heaviness in his heart for the Jews, and that. Um, he wanted to um he he would wish that they would come to god um and he says uh, if you if we look at somebody want to read romans chapter 9 verses 1 through um through 8 i'll, I'll do it. it okay go ahead i say the truth in christ i lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law? and the service of God and the promises. Whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever, amen. Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but, in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Do you want me to read nine as well? Yes. No. Oh, no. Um, okay. No, I just wanted you to stop there with eight. Okay. So... You see here in verse eight that they're saying that the natural Israel, who are the descendants of Jacob his, and his 12 sons, they are not the children of God, but the children of the promise, and they're counted for the seed. So um, let me ask, who are the children of God then? Does anybody remember from last week? The ones that call Jesus Christ their Savior and Lord and Master. Correct. Correct. So, um, 
I just want you to hold in mind that they said they're counted for the seed. So does anybody, did anybody else read this um, through chapter 12 to know what the, what does God mean by the, the seed? The seed of Israel is chosen uh, men to become the head of the nation. Okay, anybody else? I didn't study it, sorry. Okay, well. I, I, thought, I, I thought he meant the seed. I thought he meant the people who believe by their birth, they, they're the people of God, but they, now the law has changed through Jesus and they have to, they have to do more than just be born. They have to become in the way of Jesus or the spirit of Jesus. Okay, well, let's continue in, in Romans chapter 9. If you jump over to verse um, 29, it kind of gives the answer there. But I think we have to back up from there a little bit. Um, let's see. Do you want me to read it? Uh, let's, let's let somebody else read. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay, let's start at verse 29 and go from Romans chapter 9, I mean, sorry, Romans chapter 9, verse 25 through, through the end, verse uh, 25 through 33. Okay, I can read it. Amen. 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 As... He says also in Hosea, I will call them my people who were not my people, and her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There shall be called sons of the living God. Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel. Though the number of the children of, the, of Israel be as the sand of the sea, the remnants will be saved. For he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. And as Isaiah said before, unless the Lord of Sabaoth had left us as has left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been made like Gomorrah. Mm. Okay, Should let's stop there just for a moment. Okay, so now does anybody want to try what this is a seed? Why, who, why, why are they the seed? Um, because of their own sins. But um, uh, the reference to Sodom and Gomorrah is that they would be left desolate, whomever they're talking about. Okay, well, let me, let me tell you what, what I see here. That, um, remember, we had talked a couple of times before about how a child needs a governess, a governess, correct? Right. Yes. And yes. the governess to guide and direct the child mm -hmm. until they come of age as an adult. Right. So they have rules guidance, everybody that grew up in a family, I'm sure Teva, that 
Tabor, that your mother has rules for you, right? Yes. That we all, <laughs> we all grew up with rules. We may not have liked the rules, but um, we grew up with these rules. Well, because the, um, the seed of Abraham, of, of uh, Isaiah, oh, sorry, of Abraham and Isaac, Jacob, they had rules that they had to follow. And even though they were trying to establish their own righteousness based upon the rules, that kept them from straying so far away from God like uh, Sodom and Gomorrah did. Right. That's well, what, was, what was the importance of bringing Sodom and Gomorrah in? What was the um, what was the what was the reason why he referred to them, Kate? Because okay. he would destroy because he had to destroy God, Sodom and Gomorrah had gotten so wicked and had exactly. gone so far away from the will of God rules. that God had to had utterly gone destroy away from them. The rules. Yes, but not just the rules, but they were totally lawless. They were totally lawless. Um, they were totally base. And so he's saying, okay, so the, the, because there was this seed of, of uh, Jacob in the world that had these rules that God had given them, that he didn't utterly destroy the whole planet <laughs> because somebody was, was uh, trying to stay on course. Okay, let's continue with verse 30 to the end, Abeli. Okay. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at, the, at that stumbling stone, as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Amen. 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 And I heard, I heard Tabor say earlier that the people were upset with Jesus because he said he was the son of God. Okay. And um, Tabor, I, uh, I think here in verse 33, they say that he laid in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Who do you think that that stumbling stone and rock of offense was he talking to, talking about? Was that the prophet? Christ. Christ. He's talking about Christ. The people, the people could not believe it when he was saying, they got mad because he was saying he was the son of God, which is saying that he is God. And so that's how he became a stumbling, stumbling block and a rock of offense. But in the second half of verse 33 says, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. So that's how we know that they're referring to Jesus there. Okay. 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 Anybody else have any thoughts about that section of chapter nine? 
Yeah, that we would never. We being as children of uh, Jesus Christ, disciples of uh, Jesus, um, we will not gain acceptance for ourselves in society. We are always going to be on the out. We are a stone of, um, what is this? Or how did they refer to Stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. Uh, yeah. A rock of offense and a stumbling stone. Yes. Take on the characteristics of Jesus Christ, our Father. Yes. Now, in chapter 10, I think that in chapter 10, that even though he's still talking about natural Israel, that in a lot of ways, this is the way a lot of people that are religious all over the world feel, that they, they feel that, like in um, Hebrews chapter 1, said that God has spoken through our forefathers in time past and has spoken to us in this present day through the person of Jesus Christ. So everyone has the awareness of God. So let's look at um, chapter 10. <clears throat> Let's look at verses one through four. Liz, do you want to read that? Yes. Um, brothers, my heart's desire, my prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. Indeed, I can identify that they are zealous for God through their zeal, though their zeal is unenlightened. Unaware of God's justice and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the justice of God. Christ is the end of the law. Through him, justice comes to everyone who believes. So I had you read this, Liz, because I know all the time you say that you, that you feel that God is love and he wants, that, he wants all of us to be saved here. But he wants us to come the right way. He's the God of justice, too. Yes. So, Liz, what did you think about this? Um, I think he's saying basically that the same that, you know, um, I think he's saying that because they're um, unaware of God's justice and seeking to establish their own, they won't become part of the justice of God, but if they accept Christ, because it says Christ is the end of the law, that through, through him, Christ's justice becomes to everyone who believes. So it's not like if you know the law, it's if you believe in Christ. Yes. So Liz, why don't you continue reading through the end of, of verse 9? From oh, verse five through verse nine. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, through um, Moses writes of the justice that comes from the law. The one who deserves the law shall live by it. But of the justice which comes from faith, he says, "Do not say in your heart, who shall go up to heaven? That is to bring Christ down, or who shall go into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead." What is, what is it he does say? The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. 
For if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Continue. Faith in the heart leads to justification. Confession on the lips is salvation. Scripture says no one who believes in him will be put to shame. Here there is no difference between Jew and Greek. All have the same Lord, rich in mercy toward all who call upon him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Keep keep going. going. (laughs) But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? And how can men preach unless they are sent? Scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of those who announce good news. But not all have believed in the gospel. Isaiah asks, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from me? Faith then comes through hearing and what is heard in the word of Christ. I hear, I ask you, have they not heard? Certainly they have, for their voice has sounded over the whole earth and their words have put words to the limits of the world. I put the question again, did Israel really not understand? First of all, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not even a nation. With a senseless nation, I will make you angry. And then Isaiah says boldly, I was found by those who were not seeking me to those who were not looking for me, and I revealed myself. But of Israel, he says, all day long I stretched out my hand to an unbelieving and contentious people. Okay. Can I come come in here a bit? Sure. All right. If we recall, we we read the first four chapters when we first went to Romans, and chapter one and chapter two spoke to us about two different groups of people. The first group were the people of the world who did believe in gods and a god and many deities and so on, but didn't necessarily know the the uh, Torah, right? Yes. Then chapter two was the people who knew the Torah, who knew the laws of God, who liked telling people what was wrong from what was right, but didn't necessarily live much better than the Gentiles whom they wanted to correct. Remember that? Yes. So with that in mind, everything we read in Romans it's definitely going to be addressing one of those two groups or one of those two phenomena. Okay? So what, we, what we're looking at here, all in Romans 9, Romans 10, and about to enter into Romans 11, which of those two groups do you think he's dealing with now? Gwendolyn wouldn't know this because she wasn't with us in the first the first one, the one that's preaching and thinks that they know it all, but they're blind and they're fast asleep. No, 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 no. Gwendolyn, that's not correct. It's the second okay. group. The second group, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me the second group. Okay. All right. So in in chapter one, you read about the first group, which is Gentiles. Okay. Yeah. And in chapter two, you read about those who he calls Jews. Okay. Okay. And he he that tape of that message, you're going to have to go play it. I thought, so you I can, thought that 
I mean, I was referring to those that um, knew the law, but did not practice it in their own lives. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. That's those, That's the second group. That's chapter two. I thought it was the first group. Sorry. I know, I know. <laughs> All right. So, so whatever we're looking at here in Romans 9, Romans 10, Romans 11, he's still dealing with the second group. Now, there's a reason why he's still dealing with the second group. Because to some degree, you and I are of the second group. We are the people that know, ought to know the ways of God. Correct? Correct. We are the yeah. people who ought to be setting the right example. Okay? We are the people who yeah. ought to believe in what the word of God says about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so on another level, Okay, a deeper spiritual level, all Romans 9, 10, 11, and so on are talking about you and I. You and I are now a part of the second group. Okay, however, within the second group, that's the group that we're in, there's a, there's a, there's a subsect of us that he calls the elect. All right? So, or the remnant. The rep, there we go, very good, or the remnant, okay? And those of us on this call, I believe, are called to be among that remnant, among that elect, who, remember he says, not all Israel is Israel. I think we saw that in um, chapter nine somewhere, okay? Yes. Okay, and when you go to chapter 11, which you're about to go into, you hear him say, has God, cast away his people whom he did foreknow that it begins with a question correct since mm -hmm. we haven't read that yet i'm not going to try to analyze it i'll wait till we've done that okay so i'm handing over back to dr k okay yeah i was gonna say you're getting a little ahead of us there because you started right, right. going into verse four of chapter 11 so um let's see who hasn't read mom you want to continue reading in chapter 11 from verse one Yes, how far? How far do you want me to go? I'd say let's go through verse four. Let's start the stop after verse four, and then okay. I'll have you continue again. Okay, chapter 11. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I also am an Israelite. It of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What he not, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars. And I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Okay, and so who do you think those uh, 7,000 men are? Us. That's the seed. No, that's that's the remnant, the elect. Okay. That's a company of elect. It is the seed also. 
I thought it was the seed too. Yes, it is the seed. It, especially Galatians tells us the seed, remember? Okay, but um, here when, in Romans not, chapter 9, when we were talking of the, the, the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Yes. And here he's talking about those who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So that's those, why I would say yeah, that. that yes, those, those, the, those who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal are the seed of the promise. The children of the promise. The 7,000 is the 144,000. It's the yes. elect. It's the same, uh, what's the word um, Gwendolyn used earlier? The remnant. Yes. These are just different terms for the same group of people from inside Israel. Okay. And chapter the people of God, inside the people of God. Yes. Go ahead, Mom, with verse 5. Continue from even verse so five. Then, even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Continue. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then, what then Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and rest were blinded. Continue. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of ish of slumber eyes, that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and the recompense upon them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles or to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more of their fullness? Continue. Continue. Or I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be reconciling of the world, world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from death, from the dead? I think you want to stop here for a while. Yeah, we're, 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 it's going to start getting muddled, I think. Yes. Because this, 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 this needs to be broken down a little bit. Because Paul is saying here something about the children of Israel from which, from which he comes from, right? And he says that God has blinded them, but 
among the children of Israel, there's some whose eyes he has allowed to be open to know Christ. And Paul is saying he's one of those people. Mm -hmm. Correct? Yes. All right. And he says, look, by blinding them and by cutting them off, the Gentiles got the opportunity to come to know Christ. He says, if the negative was done to them, and that resulted in a positive for the Gentiles, imagine what a positive, positive for them would be to the Gentiles. You see, Paul speaks in a very circular way that if you don't break it down little by little, you, you know, you're taking too much. Okay, he seems to be like in a trance when he's speaking. It's very important because remember, he wasn't actually writing when he was saying these things. Other people were writing, they were dictating while he was speaking. Okay, so look at verse 11. Let's, let's, let's take it from, I don't know, where do you want us to break it down? Okay, where do you want us well, to break I it think, down? I think you already started breaking it down, but you were saying that in verse 8, he says that he gave them the spirit of slumber so that Correct. their eyes should not see and ears that they should not hear. And um, to me, you look at verse eight and he asked, then the question that uh, most people would have would be, well, why would God do that? And um, well, yes, he allowed the Gentiles to be saved, but he did that to provoke the, the Israelites to be jealous of God's favor that he's shown on the Gentiles, that hopefully out of jealousy that the Gentiles have now, what they once had, that that would provoke them to come back and want to, to come back into favor with God. Correct. And he's saying that they have the pattern of the temple, of the tabernacle, of the, of the rituals, and that all these things that they have are symbolic of Christ. We don't know those things. Seven golden lampstands, the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, the distance from one end of the temple to the other. Paul is saying that these things have value in Christ, that they have a spiritual meaning, and that if one of the Jews would be converted to know Christ, he would become like Paul, able to bring to life the hidden meaning in these things that we Gentiles had no access to. Okay? But he's yes. not saying here that every Jew is going to be saved. He's saying that any Jew that becomes saved will be a huge asset to the body. Okay? Yes. So that's what in verse 15 says, for if the 15, look at verse 15. Mm-hmm. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what, what shall be received? Hold on, there's a noise at the background there. Is it what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? These things, remember what, when we started this three weeks ago, I told everyone, I said, the book of Romans is probably the most difficult doctrinal book. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. Everybody yes. remembers, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So somebody's flipping papers or something, so it's kind of distracting. All right. So 
we've got to take it really easy because we're at a critical point in which if you, if you fall asleep here, you're going to miss the essence of what this is all about because the word of God is on many levels. At the time that the apostle Paul was writing, I need us to hear this very loud and clear. The Jews he was referring to were the Jews of his time. Today, this gospel that you're reading does not apply to the people called Jews today. Can I say that again? Uh -huh. It's true. Today, the Jews Paul is referring to here are those of us who have become Christians and have become crystallized in our denominational understanding of God. The reason is this, there is no more temple, there is no outer court, holy place, there are no more priests doing any sacrifices. What we have today as Judaism is totally unrelated to what existed during the time of Paul. No matter what anybody tells you, it's totally unrelated. Okay? okay. There's, no, there's no temple that they're praying towards, there's no, there's no high priest, there's no anything. You and I, the Christian, today are now the Jews. And out from among us, God is calling a remnant. God is calling an elect. Amen. Some of us are able to understand what God is saying at this hour and at this time, but the other Christians are not able to hear it. They've been blinded. So when you read this, don't read this as a historical document read this as an ever-living word of God. A current okay? word, yeah. A current word of God, okay? So the Jews here that you read about in Romans, please stop thinking about your neighbors out in the world who go to synagogue and all that. Those are not the Jews we're talking about here. Here right. now we're talking about people who have a relationship with God, okay? Does that mean they're not going to go to heaven? Of course they'll go to heaven because they're Christians. And Paul says so. He said, but there's a remnant, there's an elect, there's a group of people from among the Christians whom God has opened our eyes to understand something deeper. So I wanted to put that out there, okay, so that we know how to rightly divide the word of truth, how we can rightly discern the meaning of what we're studying. Right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll hand over again. Well, you know, uh, I had heard as a, as a child when we studied Romans uh, that we were busy uh, going through the different groups of people back then in, in the uh, attempts to let people know which groups were being grafted in. Yes. Because they, they aren't like the Jews we have today, which are kind of like in name only, they go to the temple like some people go to Bible study at a Methodist church. They, they, they don't have the biblical doctrine. And Correct. so they, they're not the same as what we're reading now. If, 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 sorry, if I, can, if I can distract us for a second, I'm going to take us to one scripture in the book of Hebrews that will better explain why we know at this time that this scripture is referring to the Christians 
as the Jews. Okay. So if you look, if you turn to the book of Hebrews, we are adopted into the the vine of Christ. Okay. Look at Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. Yeah, here's somebody still trying to get there. <laughs> Amen. Somebody, somebody has Amen. A, somebody has a, like a real tough microphone there. Yeah. All right. Yes. Okay. Anybody can read. Or I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, a new covenant he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Notice he says, the old is ready to vanish away. He didn't say it had disappeared. No. This is the Apostle Paul during his time telling you and I that everything about old Israel was vanishing away. Well, by our time, it's totally obliterated. It doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. It's gone. Now, the Christian faith has become the world, a world religion. Okay? It's no longer the faith of Jesus Christ. We have become, we have, we have formalized it. We even have priests now. Yes. Okay. Yep. So what we have now is a religion, a Christian religion. Do you know when Jesus was born, there were actually two high priests during his time? Do you know that there can only be one high priest in the Bible? Yes. yes. Back in that time, yes. Good. But things had so degenerated by the time Jesus was born that there were two high priests, and the Bible said so. But many of us don't catch it. We don't catch what that meant, that they were just doing the motions, and God knew that their time was up. And so when Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. But Paul said, it took a while for that oil to wax and dry up and disappear. Yeah, now a lot of gone. those people died off too. Exactly. They died off the tradition. In fact, Jerusalem was burnt down by the Romans and then later on the Arabs and all that. But we don't have to go into that. The most important thing is to, to understand is we don't have a temple. We don't have a seven golden lampstands. We don't have an Ark of the Covenant. We don't have anything. We have no bulls, no priests, no anything. It's dead and done and gone. Dusted. Um, Brother yes. Mike, may I interject that um, the children yes. of Israel that was left after Jesus um, went up to heaven to be with his father is that they intermarried with the um, pagan uh, countries around so well, that they true. wouldn't no but I'm, I'm pointing it out to say that <clears throat> the system that we once knew 
the sanctuary system. It, it was, it was um, what you call it, it, it vanished because the, of the intermarriage and um, mingling of different, of uh, the different nations with the people of God. Well, Jesus, remember, told us that neither in Jerusalem nor on this mountain does God want people to worship him, for God is spirit and seeketh those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Remember that? Yes. That's, I think, John chapter 4. So Jesus told us, look, God is done with all of these buildings and this and all of that stuff. God is spirit and seeketh those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. You remember that conversation? Mm-hmm. Let's yes, take a yes. look at it. Let's take a look at it. John chapter okay. 4. Let's take a look at John chapter 4, everybody. Maybe, Gwendolyn, can you read for us from verse 15? I'm, sorry. Um, I'm up in Canada, and I have no Bible in front of me. Uh-oh. Okay, okay, okay. So listen listen well then. Somebody else can read from verse 15 to 24. What, what chapter again, sorry? Chapter 4. four. Amen. 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 Verse 15 to 24. Who's reading? Oh, read. The woman, the woman said to him, "Give me this water, so I can grow, so I, I shall not grow thirsty and have to keep coming here to do, draw water." And he said to her, "Go call your husband and then come back here." I have no husband," said the woman. "You are right in saying you have no husband," Jesus exclaimed. "The fact is." You have had five, and the man you are living with now is not your husband. <laughs> what you said is true. <laughs> Sir, answered the woman, I can see you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you people claim that Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship God. And Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Say that again. Ah, that's it. Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You people worship what what you do not understand, while we understand what we worship. After all, salvation is from the Jews. Yet an hour is coming, and it already is here, when authentic worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Mm. Indeed, it is just such worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. All right. So Jesus has nailed it. He doesn't care whether you're a Samaritan, you're a Jew, you're a Gentile, whatever. He says, I'm done with all that. Everything right now is going to be inside of you. It's no longer going to be outside of you. I want it all. It's going to, the altar is going to be in your heart. Your yeah. worship is going to be in your soul. So that's, that's gone. Okay? We must believe Jesus. We cannot, we cannot believe anything else. We must believe him. You know, Jesus said, 
to the disciples when they saw the big temple. They told him, Master, do you see how beautiful this building is? Do you all remember him saying something about that building? What did he say? He said it was going to be torn down. It's going to be destroyed. And not one stone will be standing on the other, correct? Correct. Uh -huh. Right. Can I ask you all a question? Isn't there a wall in Jerusalem today that people say is the wall from the old temple? Wailing wall. The wailing wall, the wailing. right? Yes. Now, but didn't Jesus say there would not be one stone standing on another? That was the wall of something else, and they're just claiming it. Thank you very much. Let's put our hands together for mom, because she's not afraid to tell the truth. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the, way, that, that's the way I learned it, and that's the way I believed it. They just, they just, listen, we just made up something and said, this is the wedding wall. This is where the temple used to be. Nonsense. Jesus said not one stone would be standing and I can see a whole wall standing. It obviously isn't where Jesus was talking about. So either Jesus wasn't telling the truth. And I want to hear the person who's going to say that. Or we got it all wrong. It gets struck in their track. It's been implied by um, the Jewish uh, nation that it is a wall from the temple of Herod. Fine. But guess what? Money, money making. Yeah, but guess what? The, the Christians at one time had so many pieces of the cross of Jesus Christ, you could have built a ship with it. I know. <laughs> you know what? You they know have what a I... finger, they have a finger, an ear, a nose, a toe from all these different saints. Really? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so the fact that we receive these things from tradition, whether from the Catholic or the Christian or the Jewish tradition, doesn't mean they're true. They're just fables. Anything yeah. that doesn't align with the word of God is a fable. But well, that's just because they don't just... have the spirit or the truth. They have to have something tangible. And if you look at all of these faiths that people have had before they come to Christ, they all have something that they're carrying around. That's why I hate seeing people with crosses. My mother used to say, take a look at that cross. Are you bearing that cross or carrying that cross? There you go. And, there you and, go. and by the way, Jesus we shouldn't be on that cross. against those things because you can't have spirit and truth when you're hanging on the tangible. There you go. Can I say something here? Sure. Something that sure, occurred ahead. to me as we were reading this was um, today, we hear of churches being burnt down of all denominations all over the world. And um, that, look at us, we're sitting here worshiping and studying via Zoom conference call. High tech. That, that, <laughs> um, that even today, that those temples are being torn down. You know, so this is- And God's word a, is still moving. God's word is still moving. And so it's even more important today that we worship him in spirit and truth because we cannot be discouraged if our house of worship gets burnt down. Because guess what? We are the house of worship. There we are go. the temple. And if you don't know all the things that happened in those buildings, they probably were not all of God. Correct. 
They need to come down with those deterrents. President Mike? President Mike? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Uh, an example is like the Vatican, not of all of God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, can I ask a question? Something I discovered last week. Does anybody know what the meaning of the word basilica means? No. Basilica. I used to. Huh? I used to, but I can't tell you what it is. It means king of snakes. Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can wow. go Google it. You can go Google it after, after the, 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 the message today. And that's because I didn't take Latin. <laughs> I did because I because didn't. because serpent because serpent worship was oh, the ancient no, pagan ritual so. before they oh. became Christians. That's, that's great. That's awful. Wow. So that that and if you go to Mexico, you see some of those pyramids. You notice that they have a snake. Yes, they have column. snake. Yes, they're still worshiping the snake. Right. So that's the that's the ancient world religion. Okay. Wow. So we just have to, yeah, yeah, go we ahead. Need, go ahead, Dr. We King. need to teach it. We need to teach it to the children. Yeah, of course. They're not getting any training in school. You know, everybody thinks you go to school to get education. Go Our education is a joke to keep all of this away from them. Yep. Yeah. Okay, over to you. Thank you, Brother Mike. That was very good. Very insightful. Okay, so um, let's continue in reading in chapter 11, Romans 11, from verse 16. Because, um, Mom, you kind of alluded to the grafting, but uh, we didn't read about that. So let's go ahead and read about this grafting, what that is. Verse what? Verse 16. To what? 16 to what? Verse, verse 16 through 24. Okay, thank you. And you're in chapter 11? Yes. But now they desire a better country. That is... Are you talking of Romans? Romans. Romans chapter 11, verses 16 through 24. Oh, I'm in Hebrew. I started moving around. Maybe somebody can get it faster than me. I'm yeah, I'll go ahead. I'm in Romans 14 right now. Okay, I'll wait for you. Go ahead. Go ahead, Brother Mike. Read. All right. For well, it is, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, boast not against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Ooh. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue 
in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? Okay, I just wanted us to read that because we had kind of alluded to this grafting section, but we hadn't read it. So um, I don't know if anybody wants to comment on what we just read. Yes, I will. Okay. So Paul is saying here that the Jews were the natural people for the coming of Christ. In other words, everything about their gospel, their, their, their Torah, their, their Tanakh. You know, everybody know the difference between the Torah and the Tanakh? Everybody here? Yes. Yes. Okay, very good. Um, Liz, you know the difference between the Torah and the Tanakh? The Torah is the scroll that's gone back all the way to Moses, and the Tanakh is the commentary? No. As, no. Time, as time went by? The Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Uh, right. Okay. Which are traditionally ascribed to Moses. I Notice I said traditionally, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. right. And then all the rest of the Old Testament is the Tanakh. Okay? Right. So Paul yeah. is saying that the Torah and the Tanakh are the natural books of the Jews. They, they live by these rituals. Correct? Yeah, yes. Correct. Yeah. So he said, if they had believed in Jesus, then they would have gotten better understanding of the traditions and commandments that they had received from God. He said, yet okay. we, without knowing anything about the Tanakh, without knowing anything about the Torah, we still have a beautiful relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So he said, imagine what it would be like for a person who already knew the Tanakh, already knew the Torah, to come to know Jesus. So he uses himself as an example. Okay? How he's able to elucidate and illuminate the word of God from the Old Testament to understand Christ. Yet, you don't need that to understand Christ. But there's a beauty, a different flavor beauty, a much deeper beauty when you can understand what all those things in the Old Testament represent and how they, how, they, how they relate to Christ. So that is basically what you just read here when he's talking about the natural branches versus the, um, versus the Gentiles. So there's a root. The root is the Tanakh and the, and the Torah, okay? And then the branches are the people who who, 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 that's their natural tradition, okay? But because they didn't believe in Jesus, God chucked them off, okay? And you, who believed in Jesus, God has now grafted you into the plant. Um, I don't know if there's anybody here who's into like horticulture and can explain, there's a process where you can actually take a branch and connect them 
and they grow together. Does anybody here know what that is called? Uh, I only know in biology. Oh, Sorry. It's grafting. It's called grafting, right? <laughs> yes. Good. That's what he's talking about there. Okay. So he's saying God has grafted a foreign branch to this tree. And yet this foreign branch is doing very well. He says, imagine what it would be like if God engrafted the homogenous branch, okay, the, the natural branch, okay, into its natural roots. I, I, think, I think that one powerful thing, now that you asked us to look at biologically what happens when you graft a plant, yeah. if, you, if you take a, a branch and you graft it onto a dead tree, it's not going to grow. Correct. That you have right. to have you have to have a, a a tree that is doing well to be able to graft onto it. Yes. And, and the and the word of so, God, the word of God is that tree, that root. You remember yes, Jesus said Jesus said, I am the tree and you are the what? Branches. There you go. Uh, so the, I think the tree is the, pretty good. So if the if the root is rotten. The branches won't grow. And I think that's why he says, don't be boastful that you were grafted in and you're blooming and you're thriving and you're doing well. Because if the root were rotten, you wouldn't be able to grow. Uh-huh. I turned away from where we read that and I want to mark it. Where, where was that? Chapter 11, verses 16 through 24. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you can see how... Romans demands a lot of meditation. You've yeah. got to come back to it. You've got to highlight it, underline it, go back, under, go do a little study on horticulture and biology and everything, <laughs> history and all that. So you can. Well, whatever you don't understand, you research those words and the meaning becomes clearer. Yes. Yes. I think we should quickly go to chapter 12 because we have like five minutes left. Okay. Um, I'm, I'll read uh, chapter 12, verses 1. Okay, I, I guess I'll read from verses 1 to 11. Amen? Okay. Amen. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which we learned before that that's worship. And be not services worship, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, that every man that is among you, not to think of himself more holy than he ought to, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So this goes right back to um, chapter one, where we learned in Romans chapter one, that everybody, everybody um, starts off believing in God, and then they fall away from it, because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have the same office, so we That's being not. many, okay, sorry. And all members have not the same office. 
So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Amen. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Oops, I think you, you, you're supposed to stop at 11. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was thinking that uh, um, 12 was a better place to stop. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So what he's, I think here in, in chapter 12, what God is telling us, okay, so now we, I think you got the idea that we become in right standing with God because of Jesus, because of our belief in Jesus our Christ. Our faith in Christ. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So based, based Amen. upon that faith in Jesus Christ, now that you have that faith, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? Emulating Christ. But he, he's saying to us, but each of us, God has given each of us our own mission, our own purpose, our own um, function in the body of Christ. So he's telling us, find what your function is in the body of Christ. And there's a, there's a correct way to go about that function which implies there's also an incorrect way. So I think from right. verses 6 through uh, 12, 12, he's telling us, he's giving us all the, he's not giving all, but he's giving the main categories of our service to God and telling us what is our attitude supposed to be like to that service. <laughs> That's why it says, having then, verse 6 says, having then gifts. Did you notice that? Yep. Yes. Well, yes. That means without the gift, you cannot do any of these things. Right. It has to come from the grace of God. The Amen. power has to come from God. It's not your own do good self. I want to be a good goody goody two shoes. That's not what God is asking for. He's saying there's already a gift in you. Now let it flow. Kindness, gentleness. Don't be lazy. You know, right. all of that now is a gift. That's why it starts from verse six. Yes. And so when you look at it, he's saying, you know, earlier we talked about that anybody who is in a position of power and authority, even in the world, they wouldn't have that power or authority if it weren't for God. So he's saying we, as um, those of the Christian faith, if we find ourselves a ruler, a monarch, a governor, that we need to rule with diligence. That means we've got to, we've got to do our work. <laughs> we can't just sit there lazy. And um, when we're mercy, if we're supposed to be a person that shows mercy, we're supposed to show that mercy happily. 
with cheerfulness. And well, remember, uh, but can, can I interject again? Yes. We have to remember the key thing is while Dr. K is saying all these things, it's not about the things that you do. It's about the things that God does through you. Amen. Remember yes. that. So that when we hang up from this call, you don't go out again, starting to try to do all these things. Because that's what the book of Romans began telling us not to do. Amen. It says, yes. once we believe in Jesus, these things are going to come out of you. Let them. Amen. Amen. You, Amen. Are going, you are naturally going to do these things. Don't worry yourself. You will be all these things in, in Romans 12. Okay? You will yeah. be all these things in Romans 12. So let them, when, when, when the decision comes on if to forgive or not to forgive, hmm. you will have the strength and the grace to forgive. It's not yes. going to be a battle like before. Amen. Yes. All right, Can go ahead. Can we just finish? Okay, let me finish reading to the end of the chapter. Okay, from starting with verse 13. Yes. Dis distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them with persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense mm. to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. If it's possible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. 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 So... And I think you kind of summarized it, Brother Mike, before when you said that the main thing to remember is that God has given us gifts to yeah. go and he's working through us to accomplish all these things. That's and exactly what he said in verse six. Before he started saying yeah. all these things, he yeah. said, yes. you've got a gift to accomplish these things, not in your own strength, yeah. not in your own works, because Romans Chapter one through four was all about warning us about trying to be good for God. That we shouldn't, that we should just let God be good through us. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, can I say something? Yes. yes. Uh, one of the things I've, I've noticed in new Christians, uh, they they want to do everything by rote and ritual and yeah. they skip all the books in the bible that talks about shut studying to show yourself approved amen and uh i know my own journey i think god revealed different gifts as i matured and i was like a perfect dealing with 
children and young and you know when it came to the bible because i could remember what i didn't understand and i think he kind of grows you into what he wants you to be and then one day you open your mouth and you're saying where did that come from and that is where the gifts of god have come through you without your doing amen yes amen work and when that first happens to you you almost want to faint because you're saying, I don't talk like that. Where'd that come from? And if it hasn't happened, be prepared because he will use you in his time. And it's a beautiful thing. Amen. 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 Does anybody else have something you want to say? No, just um, to add to what um, mom said, um, you know, as Christians, and there's this thing back in the days when, when you give your life to God, you know, it's like a rule. You, mo- you have to follow different rules. And now that I think about it, now we've had this conversation about letting God, you know, you know do these things through you and not, not your own strength. I don't realize why you, 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 you kind of like so many Christians, we fall into that, that routine of trying to lay through the rules and, and make lots of mistakes, yeah. you know, and maybe that's because we're trying to, we think we're trying to let God do it, but we are doing it, you know, with our own strength. We are trying so hard to lead by every rule. Yeah. And you just can't, you know, and you, you just have to let God do it. That's, that's, um, that's, that's a really powerful message. That is the gospel. Yeah. Somebody wanted to say something else. I think listening to what Abeli was saying, that um, a lot of times we're asked to do something. God asks us to do something. And we feel like Moses. Wait, you want me to go and speak on your behalf? But I stutter. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's asking mm-hmm. us and, to and do remember things. And remember what God's response was to him, right? Who yeah. made the lips? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who made mm-hmm. the lips? And you're wondering, <laughs> well, why are you asking me to do that? Surely a belly would be better at that. Why are you asking me? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. I've I've done that so many times. So many times. <laughs> I'm always like, no, I can't. I can't, you know, I don't like speaking to people in public. Well, um, I think Tabo is ready to share his one minute of summary now. So tell Tabo like, I need more I need tell Tabo, no, tell Tabo we need more than a minute from him. So he should get ready to quit next week. <laughs> He's been thinking about it all day while you he should do it, get ready for next week so he can take more time. Ah, so he's gonna take the he's gonna guide us through next week. Okay, so now so, he's very well, nervous. Ask him, ask him if, if he thinks my idea is a better idea. Okay, he wants to just get it over and done with today, right? Yeah, yeah, he's take a burning okay. message inside. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead and t- explain to us what you understood from the book of John. 
So in chapter 6, Jesus was talking to this blind man. He asked him if he wanted to get well again. The blind man was explaining how he couldn't enter water. And... Um, the layman, the layman. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then Jesus said to him, take up your bed, rise and walk. Yeah. And then he became well. And then... In chapter 9, I think that was my favorite out of all of them. It was, so there was this man who was born blind since birth. Yeah. And then Jesus walked past him. And then him and his family never sinned. So what Jesus did, he spat on the ground, made clay out Ooh. of it. And then he rubbed, and then he rubbed the clay in his eyes yeah and then he and then he told the man to wash it out and then he came back seeing correct yeah so what do you understand from the from reading john i just uh, do you understand that that do you understand that those yeah. miracles of jesus are symbolic that they actually happen but they speak about what Jesus can actually do in your life. For example, the first one where the guy was lame. Take, for example, you have, uh, you want to go into Cambridge University, right? That's one of the big schools you guys have out there, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And now you're thinking, ah, man, I probably want to just go to Kent College because I, my parents can't afford to send me to Cambridge or whatever. But inside mm -hmm. of you, that's where you want to go. Now, when you go to Jesus, and explain to him you're lame, you don't have the ability to do it. Mm -hmm. Jesus is able to come in and make a way for you to get into that college you never thought you could get into. And not only that, you might even provide a scholarship. Amen. Amen. So you have to remember the things you read in the book of John, Jesus mm -hmm. put them there for you to see as examples of what he can do in your life. Yeah. You don't have to be physically lame to have an inability. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes. and then the second one you read, where Jesus opened the guy's eyes, right? Mm -hmm. yes. It's talking about what Jesus can do to make you smarter, to make you more knowledgeable about God. Okay, like you mm -hmm. just started your journey, you're probably listening to us. I'm like, man, this one must have been doing this thing for sixty years, right? Mm -hmm. How would I ever mm -hmm. catch up? Listen, you'll be surprised in three, four years, you will even know these things more than your mother would. She might even be coming to you to explain things to her. That's yeah. what Jesus can do. If you, if you choose to talk to him every morning, every night, no matter what it's about, if it's about problems in school, if it's about money that your dad doesn't want to give to you, your mom doesn't want to give to you, or whatever it is, if you talk to Jesus, you'll be surprised how detailed he wants to be involved in your daily life. And that's yeah. why you read those things you read. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. So I want to yeah. encourage you, as you started like this, keep it up it doesn't stop you from being cool don't let anybody mm -hmm. tell you that yeah it doesn't stop you from being smart it doesn't stop mm -hmm. you from enjoying your music yep. okay mm -hmm. just make certain though yes. that you care for other people that's the most important thing jesus is concerned about that you yes. care for other people Love right people. yes all right let's stop there so i solicit your prayers i solicit your support okay i want to thank you for your time for those of you who've been faithful you know supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos, okay? 
Don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary. Don't be weary. Don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay? Keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Over this video so your friends and family can discuss it. Okay? And continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know the, the comment section here on YouTube. Okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thanks so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said. If you want to continue listening to us, you have audio, you can always go okay, to our website. You can see the online radio channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes. I met Apple iTunes. I mentioned um, Spotify and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio. Okay, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to you know hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you watch these videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other medium like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so we won't be able to see your like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you hit that like button. Okay, hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos. Okay. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be on the road, but wherever I am, I'm going to be broadcasting from there. So the broadcast is still going to keep going. Okay. So thank you so much, everybody. God bless you. See you soon.